And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Laney Dolphin with us, of course, and we'll get to your phones and questions. Laney, what's the advantage of analyzing a dream from the perspective we've been talking about tonight? Well, because you want to be able to access all your potential, and you don't want to be stuck with your same knee-jerk, over-exercised parts of yourself for your whole life, besides how boring that would be, you know. You want change to happen along the way. Sure. And also, it's, it, you're weak when you, want to, when you want to speak up to somebody and because you're over-exercised in keeping your thoughts to yourself. It's not going to help you during moments in your life where you need to speak up for yourself. So, for example, if there's something going on in your health and you're a person who is over-exercised in staying quiet and not asking questions or speaking up for yourself, you need that, that ability during the period of time that you're feeling sick or somebody in your family is feeling sick. Somebody's got to be there to uh, advocate for the patient. And so you want to be able to exercise all these different parts of yourself. I just got a flash in my mind while I was speaking of the people that I know that I've seen in my life, um, like smiling at bad news. They're standing there smiling. And it's because they're not comfortable showing their real feelings. And so you want to give yourself every opportunity to be able to respond to the people and situations in your life in the most appropriate way. And the way that you get there is all through your life, these different situations happen, and your dreams, the people that appear in your dreams, are never by random or by accident. And the story of the dream is never an accident. Your unconscious is always giving it to you on a silver platter. You wake up with the best shrink in the bed, right with you every single morning, if only you could understand the language of metaphor. And that's really what I'm doing. I'm much more teaching the language of metaphor than I am doing dream analysis. Lainey, they say there are five different types of dreams. Do you agree with that? I never even heard that. I'll, I'll, five I'll, different kinds l- of let me mention Now one. I'm interviewing you. Lucid dreams. Normal dreams, they call them, daydreams, false awakening dreams, and nightmares. But I don't know what false awakening dreams are. Do you? No. A false awakening. Yeah, what is that? I'm already going deep like that you, that the dream helps you see something that, you know, or is hoping to help you see something. I don't know. Why do we have, why do we have. That is. I know what a lucid dream is. <laughs> oh yeah, well, a dream is when you're dreaming and you become and you know you're dreaming. You're 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 awake in the dream. That's right. You become conscious in the dream. And really what I'm doing, same as Stephen Laberge is who is like the top authority on lucid dreaming. Even Stephen Laberge says that a lucid dream it's uh, that understanding what you and I are doing tonight, understanding what the dream is about, is also you becoming lucid. Like I became lucid when I understood that the issue I was having with my brother was really related to my dad. 
that is also being lucid. So I'm a big proponent of lucidity, whether it's happening to you because you became aware in the dream or if you become aware outside the dream. It's all good to me. Let's go to the phones. They're lining up for you. We'll go to Carl on the Big Island in Hawaii to get us started. Hi, Carl. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. Aloha. Thank you for having me on your great show. Thank you, sir. You me all right? Yep. Okay. Well, um, I, I had a dream a couple of years ago, and it was amazing. Um, the backstory is I played saxophone, and I had played with my friends at this great gig and sat in with them, and everything was just like a dream, but the people loved it, and they asked me to come do it again at the new place the next weekend. So the first time I got a wristband on my left hand, and I was so proud of it when I got home, and then I went seven days later to the new place, and they put a wristband on my right hand, And when I got home, I was like, wow, I tied them both on my saxophone case as trophies. But the most amazing thing happened at the gig. This beautiful girl came up to me and started dancing with me. And it was like she was gorgeous and smelled wonderful. And I hugged her and held her. And she was like, oh, this guy really needs it. And she was like caring and allowed me to hold her for a minute. I didn't even think about the sax, you know. But after a minute, she said, oh, okay, play sax, and she danced away. But it was, like, so beautiful. It was more beautiful than a dream I could have thought up, but it was totally dreamlike. So anyway, Sigmund Freud I go home, a wish I, dream. I'm looking the next day, and I'm thinking, was that even real? And I see social media pictures, and it was, like, real. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So I go to bed that night. It's Sunday night. And it usually takes me a long time to go to bed. But this night, I just was asleep immediately. And it was, like, so weird because it was, like, so real. It wasn't like a dream at all. And I'm hugging the girl again. And it's like, whoa, I'm I'm like, oh, this is great. This is exactly what I want to do more than anything in the world. You recreated it. What's going on with him with that Well, that reminds me of what Sigmund Freud would have called a wish dream. You gave it to yourself. You gave something that you wanted to feel. And that's that's a great thing. Were you going out with a lot of different women at that period of your life? Was that part of you satisfied? Were you getting enough hugs and kisses and affection from uh, women at that time in your life? I guess he's he's hung up. He's gone, but he gave himself what he was missing. What's uh, Who's going to argue with that? Not me. How can you create a dream like that? Well, he gave himself what he was missing. It's like that man who, during COVID, uh, was just feeling so distressed and so depressed, who had a dream that he won $125 million in the lottery. And so... You know that expression, take that feeling and run with it? Yep. That's what he was doing. He gave himself the feeling that he forgot what it feels like to feel so good because he was just so down for so long during COVID and the lockdowns that his his whole body and mind 
kind of forgot what it feels like to feel good. And he gives himself this lottery dream, the same way as this young man gave himself a, a delicious hug from a delicious woman. You, you see, and so you give yourself whatever it is that you need. And I think that's wonderful. Let's go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. First time caller, Rose is with us. Hello, Rosie. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? I sure can. Okay, good evening. Um, hello from Philadelphia. Great show. Uh, first time caller and a very, very long time listener. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to get her um, reaction to the following category of dreams. Um, I'm a retired church professional from a, a mainline Protestant denomination. Okay. I'm retired. Now, in my dreams, about three or four times a year, I travel in some of my dreams, sometimes with a guide. I see events happening above the earth, on the earth, and in the water of the earth. I journal most of it sometimes. I don't share it because I don't think I can handle the fallout uh, from if I shared those kinds of things. But um, some are good, some are not so good. But um, I just wanted to uh, get her reaction on premonition dreams um, that uh, one may encounter that has to do with the future or has to do with what is happening currently. Um, I would say I have these dreams maybe about three or four times a year, the ones that I travel uh, and see. All right. uh, Premonition dreams are the same as precognitive, aren't they, Eleni? Yes, exactly. And uh, certainly, I, as far as I'm concerned, we are multitasking in our dreams. And so all of it is not only true, but all of it is happening at the same time, depending on uh, what's happening in your life that particular week. So I'm looking at a dream from a psychological perspective. So if I dream about my father... Um, I'm going to ask myself what comes to my mind about him, and maybe I'm going to dream about my father during a week where I'm about to go on a business trip, because he represents that business aspect of my personality as opposed to me dreaming about my mom, who is represents my maternal, you know, mother and grandmother side of myself, and so. Uh, but if I dream about my father, how do now that I've established the psychological reason, it's because I'm about to go on a business trip and I'm trying to access that part of my personality, that business part that goes away from the kids and Andy. How, you know, how do I know that it's not also my father visiting me? It probably is. And so... While I'm looking at the psychological perspective, I would never discount because I also happen to be a spiritual person. And so on another level, I certainly believe that both things can be happening simultaneously, Mm -hmm. that my father can be there to help me access part of my personality that I need right now, and maybe he's also visiting me. You're talking about uh, scenes that you travel to different places. And I would always, anyway, before I would go deep, I would always stay surface first. And I would be asking myself questions like, how did I feel in that dream? How do I feel in the water? How do I feel in the air? Like you said, sometimes you're above the air. I'm a person that sometimes dreams 
that I'm hovering above the earth, not a great height, just uh, but above, not on the ground. And I've had a dream like that when I'm too involved with one of the kids or something like that, that I'm too close to the situation, and I actually need to back up and take a wider view. And so I might have a dream like what you're describing, where I'm floating a bit above the ground, and the message to me is back up. Back up and take a broader view instead of being so inside it all. So, and then I know another woman who was waiting for results from her husband's cancer test who dreamt that she's in the most gorgeous water in Turks and Caicos, in calm, beautiful water, and she looks over to, out to the ocean and sees in the distance a huge tsunami wave, but the tsunami wave stays where it is because she had made a conscious decision to stay calm until they got the results of the test. And she was smart to do that, and so was her dream smart to keep her in calm water because it, it turned out that he was fine. He, so those are some of the things that you might want to look at, uh, Rose, when you're having a dream about where you, where you are. You know, what does that place mean to you? How do you feel in the dream? And that's going to help you pinpoint the situation you're discussing with yourself in your waking life. Let's go to Mary in Burlington, New Jersey. Welcome to the show. Hello, Lonnie. Hey, Mary. Um, this is going back to my childhood. Uh, I'm older than she is. She's at her age, and I'm older than her. And um, a few months, this came back to me, the same dream when I was uh, about three years old. I was dreaming I was lost. I was in a yard, probably a schoolyard, and I had my back to the building. And there's all these young men, and there was a young woman. They're all dressed casual. And they wouldn't stop talking about their life, what they did and how they did it. And, and I'm just thinking, do you recognize me? I'm thinking, because I don't know where I live. I'm lost. So uh, they just kept it up and kept it up talking. And I'm just not listening because I, I want somebody to know who I am so I can go home. So I went around the other side of the building. And there's like this young man. He's leaving. And I shouted to him. I said, do you work here? What's your name? And he shouted, and I don't know what he said. I couldn't hear him. And he left. And then later on, the woman and a couple of the men came around. They're going out the other exit. And um, I, I don't know if I said it or somebody said I said, well, who are you? And somebody said, that's you. I said, that's not me. I'm me. That's another lady. And I said, well, what's her name? And they said, Anne. I said, that's not me. You know, I'm trying to say that's me. So I'm still standing in this courtyard, lost. And it becomes nighttime, and there's like a pretty blue sky. And um, I'm seeing this ship, and I'm thinking, that's a starship, and it's going in and around all the planets, right? And all of a sudden, across the sky, it's written in gold, and it was another color splashed on it that made it even brighter. And it's saying, meet the martyrs. And then again, meet the martyrs. And one more time, meet the martyrs. And I don't know what happened after that. That was the end of that. Pretty vivid dream, don't you think, Lenny? Yes, definitely. And when a dreamer is saying their dream, I am always writing like an absolute maniac because I want to capture your language as opposed to my language. And that's why it's so important 
to I want to always capture exactly what you said the way you said it, and I'm going to tell you what some of the sentences that you said. You said, I'm lost. You said, who am I? And um, you also said, meet the martyrs. And so when did you have that uh, dream, Mary? Two and a half or three, something like that. Tiny. Oh, you were a little girl when you had a little that girl. Dream. Yeah, a little girl. Oh my goodness! Okay, I, I must have, it must have been a schoolyard, so but I don't know where. Something. You know, you if you're saying li- something to yourself about your identity, about feeling lost and not being sure about who you are, and let me tell you something, that's a very common uh, theme for all of us as children, because as children. We are lost, and we aren't sure who we are just yet. That comes a little bit later. But at first, the only people we are is our parents' children. Because, you know, it takes a while to form an opinion about yourself and not feel lost. Do we have any idea how old you are when you dream, what the youngest age might be? Oh, I'm sure that... I bet we're dreaming in the womb. Yeah, because dreaming is just thinking. That's when we kick. <laughs> dreaming is just thinking. There's no difference between the way you dream, the way you think during the day and the way you think at night. So there's not like a curtain that comes up in the morning and goes down at night. You're just thinking. And the language is different that you speak to yourself during the day and the language that you speak at night. We're going to come back in just a moment with Lainey Dolphin and take final phone calls. Again, her website linked up at coasttocoastam.com. She's got a couple of them. She's also got a YouTube channel going, and she's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Her books are called Have a Great Dream, Book One, Have a Great Dream, Book Two. We'll be back with final calls. And welcome back to our final segment. George Norrie with you, Lainey Delphin with us. Lainey, our webmaster Lex has dug up the impression of a false awakening dream. Let me read it to you. Tell me if you've heard of this before. It is when you think you have woken up out of bed and start your day, but you're actually still sleeping. Did you ever hear of that? <laughs> yes, I've, I've heard of that before. But to be honest, it's not my area of expertise. I'm a dream analyst, literally. I don't blame so, you. Uh, for me, it's about translating the language of the dream so that uh, to change it into plain old English so that you can understand what situation in your waking life triggered this morning's dream. Why do we have nightmares? We have nightmares because I call this welcome to the human race. We are self-regulating organisms, and we are adept at lying, avoiding, sweeping, and denying during the day. We don't like to talk about the things that are bothering us, and so we hide them away and lie to ourselves. But your unconscious never lies to you, and so it's always going to present the truth. And you get a nightmare, for example, because you're holding back, holding back, holding back whatever it is that needs to be talked about while you're awake. And so your unconscious is going to give you a nightmare, and you might think a nightmare is a bad thing. In my business, a nightmare is a great thing because it wakes you up 
literally and encourages you to speak, which is what's missing during the day. Let's go to the phones on the wild card line. Russell's with us in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hi, Russell. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I'm great on the dreams, and I've listened to you since you've been on, George. Thank you, Russ. Um, uh, I had a dream once after the service. I was in a service, top secret, and I went to Wright Patterson in the late 70s. Well, when I got home in the early 80s, I had a lot of lucid dreams on medication for a while. And then I lost that for a while. But at one point in the early 80s, I dreamt of these tents, you know, like in World War II. And I would have dreams of tents. And then I would think, we don't do that anymore. Well, then, of course, Desert Storm happened. Then I dreamt I was in China, and they had plexiglass, and everything was limited as to where you go. Uh, Here we are today, quarantine. I could go out about certain dreams. I've had warning dreams, of course. That's a different type of dream. It was actually a vivid dream. Were dreams of someone who died, that I knew was dead before I knew they were dead. Jeez. Uh, and of course, before nine eleven, I dreamt of the buildings going down near. I live in Pittsburgh, a building. And I thought, well, that's not true because we didn't live by the bay. But I worked that day, and the day that that happened, I got a view. Everybody had cleaned town out, and I was working in an office, and that was the last one out, just about. And so I did get a look at the building that day. So it, you know how it is in dreams. And uh, I better slow down. Lots of people. Lots of people had, uh, you're not the only one that was dreaming about buildings falling during the 9-11 period of time. Yeah, my daughter had really one of those too, Lainey. spectacular, that. My daughter called me up one day, Lainey, uh, a couple days before 9-11 and said, Dad, I had the strangest dream. I'm in this big city. I don't know where I am. And dust is falling down on me. And I looked down at my shoes and I'm in a foot of dust and all this debris, but I don't know what was happening. And I looked up, and it was snowing dust. And uh, yeah. a couple of days later, she called me back and said, look what's on television. She woke me up, and that's where it was. Yeah, it's really pretty fascinating, all the capabilities that we have and uh, and and how much we're not focused on about all the things that we are actually able to do. What gives us this precognitive ability? I think it's, it's in us. We have it. We all have it. And some people acknowledge it, and if you acknowledge it, things, then things happen also more often. Like if you're a person who believes in synchronicity and you know that it's going on around you, chances are you're going to have more circumstances where... You experience synchronicities because you're open to it. Uh, And so that doesn't mean that there's not just as much synchronicity happening around everybody. It's just that some of us are attuned to noticing it. And so you notice it more often. If you believe it, you notice it more often. It sounds like Joe in uh, Pittsburgh has got that ability. It does, yes. And lots of people joined him around that period of time. He's not the only one. Next up, let's go to Joe in Monterey, California. Hey, Joseph, go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, George. Sure thing. I was wondering about your dream uh, that you you elaborated on, and I think it may be a dream of self-actualization. Maybe your your brother is a narcissist and was holding you back. And that you well, I think you're that. projecting, though. That's the thing that's the most important message that I can send about dreams. 
Dreams give you the opportunity to appreciate and respect how different all of us are, to celebrate our differences instead of being angry about our differences and trying to, which you get a lot of that in in Canada for sure and in the United States definitely, you get a lot of this notion of uh, imagining that we can tell somebody else what they're thinking or get them to change their mind, which is impossible. And so it makes me want to say to you, uh, you know, do you think, do you have a brother? Joe? Yes, I have three older sisters. And are any of them narcissistic? No, my father was very uh, educated, and uh, he knew about a lot of different things, and we were very self-aware about you know, ourselves. He always believed, know thyself. So his philosophy was one of introspection, and I always was a very much introspection. So, yeah, I have to uh, monitor myself to understand myself, yes. Yes, well, I don't know so if that's they were. Why when you hear somebody else's dream, Dr. Montague Ullman was like a world um, a leader in the if this was my dream uh, method, which really uh, allows every person to name when you listen to someone else's dream, it gives you the wonderful opportunity to tap into something about yourself that you're hearing from the dream, but that wouldn't have anything whatsoever to do with the dreamer themselves unless it fits, happens, unless your projection happens to fit for them. Let's go to David in Ontario, Canada. Hi, David. Go ahead. Hi, George. Uh, great show as always. Thank you, uh, sir. Got a question for Lainey there. Uh, so I've been having a reoccurring dream uh, quite a bit. Um, I've been with my girlfriend now for 11 years. Uh, the girl that I was with before that, my ex, just passed away in uh, October. And I've been having this reoccurring dream where I'm talking to her, and it just seems normal. But And I know that she's supposed to be dead, and uh, I want to tell her, but I can't find, I can't seem to tell her in my dream. Okay, that's a great question, David. And hello to a fellow Canadian. <laughs> and so from the moment we are born, every single memory and association that you have ever had since birth is collected in this incredible database, or because I'm 71, I call it a filing cabinet. But it's a database filled with all these memories and associations, and this goes for the last caller I was speaking to as well. You build up this level of associations that belong to you and you alone. It's as unique as a fingerprint. The actual feeling that a cat gives you, as opposed to the actual experiences and feelings that a cat gives every other person walking the earth. It's all very unique. And when you go to sleep at night and you want to say something to yourself, your database or your filing cabinet opens up. So in my database, David, to give you an example, every single boyfriend I ever had since I'm a young girl, every single boyfriend is in the same filing cabinet as Andy, my husband. 
and so is every male family member. They are also in the same file. So if I'm uh, upset with Andy for some reason, and I, you know, I go to sleep, the filing cabinet opens up, and even though I want to say something to myself about Andy, I might dream about a guy that I dated when I was 16 years old, because they're in the same file. And there must be something about the way Andy is making me feel today that links me back to that boyfriend I had when I was a teenager. And so your, your ex who recently passed away, when you dream about her now, the first place I would be looking is in my current relationship. What is happening in my current relationship this week that's making me feel in a similar way to the way I felt when, when I was with my late ex. If you have a current relationship, right? Right. Let's go to Mark in Kettering, Ohio. Hey, Mark, go ahead. Hey, George, me again. <laughs> there you are. You're not safe anymore. <laughs> anyway, you thought you were safe. <laughs> anyway, I had to lighten things up a little bit, George. Anyway, uh, you remember, I, I called in about a week and a half ago, George, and I specified I don't want to lecture your guest. He's way smarter than I am. My degree is just in biology anyway. Um, about the uh, about Freud breaking down the consciousness and the, the end of the id, the ego, and the superego. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just real quick, I want to ask Lenny. I've got a, dr- a dream to give her too, also. But uh, uh, Freud, uh, my interpretation that uh, Freud meant the id to be the subconscious, and my my belief is that uh, you're, that the id can travel through time. Remember that guest you had on about a week and a half ago, George? Yeah. Uh, that's when I called in, and he's the guy that brought that up. About, but I think that you, that your id, your subconscious, can't can travel through time. But anyway, uh, Miss Laney, you sure are one of the most intuitive uh, individuals I've ever ran across. George has had on, I think. But anyway, uh, this one dream, speaking of the front and back nine of golf, you know, I I, I used to golf anyway. I haven't played in about three years. But in this dream, I'm driving to the to this course that I've never been on in this life. Yeah, I've never. It's south of town, like 10 or 15 miles south of town. And I said in, my, in the dream, I say to myself, you know, this is the best course I've ever played on. And I've only played it about three times. I've never broken 90 on this thing. And the, the, what I'm, the point I'm making is that when I get there, I'm, I'm wanting to play the back nine because I played the front nine several times. I've never played the back nine. <laughs> yeah, how about that? I love and, that and, dream, actually. The, yeah, the other dream I have, real quick. I, I want to. Uh, you go ahead and tell me about that. Uh, I just uh, want to. I just uh, want to interrupt you, Mark, because I I love your dream, and I just this concept of you dreaming of driving to a course that you've never been at before. That is exactly how I felt um, in 2010 when I found out that I had colon cancer. I could have had your dream. I was on a course that I'd never been on before. And so that's what I'm talking about, that you may pick up an image, you're saying something to yourself. And and the whole job that I do is trying to help the dreamer link the, the um, metaphors in the dream to something that they're experiencing in their waking life. 
And I, I like also what you said, that it's like the best course. It was like a new course and a best course. And so that's what you want to do when you have dream like that, is look at what's going on in your life, what new area is going on in your life. And I love that you sound like you feel enthusiastic in the dream about be doing something that you haven't done before. You embrace it. And, I, and I, that says something really wonderful about your personality. Are you actually a person who's afraid of change, or do you think you lean more towards embracing it? Well, I, I interpret that. I've I'm, thought I'm, I'm, I'm about tutoring for quite a while, uh, Laney. And uh, my degree is in biology, but I want to I want to start tutoring mathematics and maybe chemistry. So maybe I'm looking to do that, you know, uh, for what time I got left. So hopefully, it's a lot. You know. Let's hope right. so too. Lainey, we only got a minute left. I want you to give out your websites, if you would. My website is thedreamanalyst.com or haveagreatdream.com. They both get you to the same place. Love talking about dreams. I love speaking at libraries, and actually I like speaking at companies a lot because the creative problem-solving that's happening in our dreams really helps groups of people and teams work together. Have you ever had a dream where you woke up and you were crying? Yes, and if you wake up from a dream crying, you want to thank your dream for giving you something to bring up and out the tears that about something that you've been holding back. Really? Yes. Fascinating, indeed. Lenny, anyways, thanks for being on the program again, and keep in touch, okay? Okay, I will, George. You too. Take it easy. And uh, dream about uh, coast to coast, because uh, I have been, to be sure. Fascinating person. Lenny Dolphin, website linked up at coasttocoastam.com. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Jeremiah Harris, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean LaDesour, Stephanie Smith, Chris Burles, Tim Banal, George Napanee, and Punnett. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.